0: y'all doing? That's a joyful noise. I'm so glad to be with you. If you guys don't know me, my name is Kyle. I mean, I've been a pastor here at Shepherd for 10 years. Thank you. I've worked with Pastor Dudley, just doing research and working with him on the messages. It's been been one of the great joys of my life. Um, But right now, I get to preach a little bit for you, if that would be all right with you. Right now, we are in the last week of our 316 series. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I mean, it's just crazy to me how, like, some of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture just surprisingly pop out 316. You know, over the series we've done, you know, John 316 and Joel 316. Last week it was Revelation 316. This week is 2 Thessalonians 316. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, you can go ahead and do so right now. What I want to say, though, is that next week, next week, Pastor Dudley's going to be back and he's going to start a brand new series called Freedom. And I know some of you, I mean, I know me, sometimes I'm looking for freedom from the things that have holding me down, holding me back from the life that I really want to live. The life that I believe that God has called each and every one of us to. So you gotta come back next week, absolutely. It is going to be incredible. Pastor is gonna bring that good word. You gotta come back next week for that Freedom Series. It's gonna be amazing. Absolutely. I hope I gave you enough time to turn to 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It's near the back. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get started. Father, I just pray right now that you would open your word to us. I just pray for wisdom. I just pray that the Holy Spirit would be with us, moving in this room, teaching us and guiding us and helping us to see things that we haven't seen before. Father, please speak to our hearts and speak to mine. We pray this in the name of your son Jesus, amen. The one thing that I've wanted my entire life is peace. When I was about seven or eight years old, um, was the first time that I had ever heard the Bible story of Jesus calming the wind and the waves. You guys familiar with that story? It's in the Gospels. I'll give you a little recap if you've never heard that before. It's, imagine that, you know, there's this boat, and it's, it's, at the, it's during the night, and Jesus is, is asleep in the bottom of a boat while the disciples are sailing across the Sea of Galilee. And while they're sailing, a storm kicks up from out of nowhere, The wind is is thrashing the boat here and there, and and the waves are crashing, and the disciples are looking at each other like, we're about to die, and our Savior is sleeping in the bottom of the boat. What are we going to do? And so they shake Jesus awake and they say, Please, you got to do something about this. And so Jesus gets up and he puts his hands out and he says, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves die down, and they're saved. Well, you know, I'm seven or eight years old the first time that I hear that story, but that, that lodged itself in a very specific part of my brain. And that part of my brain is things that I'm going to try later. So, I'm walking with my mom one time to a department store, it doesn't matter which department store, we're walking through a parking lot. And this wind comes out of nowhere, just kicks up. This wind, is a much fiercer wind than any that I had ever experienced in my short life. Up till that point. And the wind is knocking me around. And I'm looking like, man, this is crazy. And I remember that story. And I put my little seven-year-old, eight-year-old arms out. And I say, peace, be still. (laughs) And nothing happens. (laughs) And I look up at my mom. I say, it didn't work. And she smiles and she She stoops down and she says so kindly to me, honey, that's because you're not Jesus. (laughs) It's a good point. But that didn't really distract from what I felt in the moment. In the depths of my soul, in my heart and in my mind, I really just want peace. That's all I want. Like I said earlier, this is the last in the 316 series, and we're looking at 2 Thessalonians 316. I would like to read it for you. It is a simple verse, but its promise is powerful. And I hope that you're gonna see that over the course of our time together. Here it is, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Like I said, man, that's a simple verse. It's straightforward. And yet, honestly, man, there's oceans of truth contained in just those few words. I mean, let's start with this. Let's start with the first thing. The word peace. There's something you need to know about the word peace. regardless of whether you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament, anywhere in the Bible, it doesn't matter if you're reading the words of the lawmaker Moses or like the prophet Isaiah or Jesus himself or, or an apostle like Paul. Anytime you read the word peace, they all got the same idea in their head. And the idea is this, the Hebrew word shalom Maybe some of you are familiar with that word. You've heard that word before. The word shalom. It means peace. I mean, obviously it does. Yeah, it means peace. But it means so much more than that. Shalom means wholeness or completeness. Or I think it should say up there it means being okay. Imagine that you're walking along one day and... This limo pulls up next to you, this really fancy car, and imagine that these, these very important looking people get out of the car, and they, they stop you, and they say, we have some very important news that we need to share, and this are for your ears alone. You are a prince or a princess of a far distant country that you have never heard of, and you are the next in line for the throne. And listen, okay, I got to apologize for a second. If that sounds exactly like the plot to the movie The Princess Diaries starring Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews, that's because it is. But just go with me on this, okay? Okay, you are a prince or a princess of this, this country that you've never heard of. And they whisk you away in an airplane and they land you in this country and they take you to your castle. But the castle is completely broken down. It's in ruins. It's in complete disrepair. It's falling apart. The stone walls are missing pieces. And what's more, you're told that every time the people of your country look at this castle, they just internalize it. They feel like their souls are in disrepair and they're falling apart. And so as a leader, you know, what are you supposed to do? I mean, well, the the only thing you can do is use the immense resources at your disposal and rebuild the castle. You put the walls back into place. You mend the flags and the banners, You furnace, the rooms within, and you bring the castle back to exactly what it was supposed to be. You make it whole. You make it complete. And that is the meaning of shalom. And so imagine that the castle is your heart. Imagine it's your mind. Imagine it's your soul. And peace is about restoring that castle, rebuilding those walls. It's about bringing you back to a place where you feel whole and complete. In other words, like I said, shalom is being okay. And I don't know the state of your soul right now. Man, maybe you're like me and this this past year has just done a number on you. And you feel tired, you feel exhausted, you feel like you're falling apart on the inside. Maybe you looked at that picture of that castle falling apart earlier, and you say, yeah, that's, that's me. That is exactly how I feel on the inside. Maybe you're like me, and you just really need to hear those words. The words of 2 Thessalonians 3.16. May the Lord of peace himself Give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. That is such a powerful promise. And so the question is why don't I feel that? Why don't I feel like that right now? Why don't I feel like I'm at peace? Why don't I feel whole on the inside? Why am I not okay? Well, the title of this message is The Sacred Art of Being Okay. And so maybe we need to learn a little bit about what that actually means. The first thing that you need to know is this. We do not have peace because we are all over the place. The reason we do not have peace is because we are all over the place. One of the most dangerous things a Christian can be is all over the place. Pastor James Dobson tells a story of of a man who came up to him one day and described to him a very painful story from his life. He said, when I was 17 years old, when I was in high school, I was one of the stars of the football team. And we were great that year. We went all the way to the state championship. There was a problem because my father never came to any of the games. I mean, he, was, he was a very successful man, and you know, he, was, he was very important at his place of business, and his time was very much in demand, and he never came to any of my games. And he's telling the story to this pastor. These tears start to well up in his eyes. He's like, but there was one last game that season. It was the state championship. And I pleaded with my father, please, you... You gotta come, you gotta gotta be at the game. And as as I was stretching, and as I was warming up, I looked over, and near the bleachers, I saw him, I saw my dad. He'd actually come. It was a little weird, you know, there was two other guys who were with him, and they were all dressed up in suits, and I thought, okay, maybe they're gonna do some work while they're here, but at least he's here. At least he's watching me. He actually showed up. This man is telling this story, and he says these next words were so painful for him to say. But as my father was there, he was just looking around and he was talking hurriedly, and he just wasn't present and 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 eventually he just left and I watched my father walk away from one of the most important moments of my life, and this man's telling this story, and he says... That was when I was 17 years old. I'm 58 years old now. And it still hurts. And tears were streaming down his face. You could just see the pain. It was still so present for him. It was still so painful. And he said, the other day, I finally buried my father. He passed away. And as I was standing near the mortuary, I just said these words. I was just being honest. But I said, Dad, I never really knew you. We could have shared so much love together, but you never had any time for me. One of the most dangerous things we can be is all over the place. When I read that story the first time, I mean, I I personalized it. Like I thought about my children. I got two kids. I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And yeah, they're like any other kids. They want my time. They want my attention. And I love them. I love hanging out with them. But sometimes, I'm just being honest with you, sometimes I'm not present for them. Just the other day, we were playing this game called Keepy Uppy. It's from one of their shows that they really like. And we were, the Keepy Uppy is really easy to play. You just need a balloon. And the point of the game is to just keep it up in the air for as long as you can. So my son, he's running around and he's knocking the balloon all over the place and my two-year-old daughter, she's doing the best she can. She's, she's kind of chasing after him and I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the balloon too. But if I, if I can be honest with all of you, I wasn't entirely present. I wasn't there. Because there was just all kinds of things on my mind, like all kinds of things I was thinking about. I was thinking about work and I was thinking about all the things that I needed to do for work. And then I was thinking about the home and all of the things that I need to get done and get ready around the house. And, and that was in my mind. And then like all of a sudden, I'm just playing this game, but this anxiety just starts rising up in my chest. And so I just start thinking about all these other random things that have nothing to do with anything. Just to, just to get my anxiety to calm down and to get my mind off of things. And I wasn't present. I wasn't there with my kids. And they noticed, and I just saw the look of disappointment on my son's face. I wasn't at peace. I was all over the place. And when we're all over the place, we can do a lot of surprising damage to ourselves and to the people in our lives. I mean, here's the interesting thing. There is a reason why Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians 3.16. There is a reason why he was telling them, you need to have peace. You people, you really, really need peace. There's an issue that he actually just got done dealing with, that he had actually just finished writing about. In the church of of Thessalonica, um, there were some Christians who had a bit of an attitude problem or a bit of a mindset. And, and this attitude was like infecting all of the other Christians. I mean, you guys, you guys understand that, you know, one bad apple spoils the bunch, right? So sometimes one person's bad attitude can just infect you and just infiltrate your heart and your soul. And that's what these Christians were dealing with. There were these, there were these people and, and they had a bad way of going about things and it was spreading like wildfire through the church. And so Paul wrote some words in order to deal with it and cut it off at the head, right where he, could, where he could end it. Now, here's the problem with kind of telling the story a little bit. There's When it comes to describing these people and what they were like, it's a little bit of a mystery. The Greek word that Paul uses to describe them is ataktos. And there's there's kind of a bit of a debate about what that word actually means. And you might open your Bible and read a little bit earlier in 2 Thessalonians 3. You'll read through those words and you'll see that there were some translators who thought these people were idle or they were lazy. They were good for nothing and they weren't working and they weren't doing their fair share. But I'm a research guy and I've got opinions. And sometimes I disagree with, with the way that people translated that. And in this case, I do. I, I just disagree. And so what I what I did is I, I put the scriptures up for you on the screen, but I changed one of the words. And I put that in quotes just so that everybody's on the same page, okay? So here's how I understand it: 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. It says this: in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers. To keep away from every brother who is all over the place and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not all over the place when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. I mean, on the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And we did this not because we have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. And he says this in verse 11 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We hear that some among you are all over the place. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. And such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ. To settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Okay, so these Thessalonians, they have these, they have these people in their community who are just... They're all over the place. I mean, they're they're buzzing around, and they're undisciplined, and they're they're getting involved in this situation over here, and then they're coming over here, and they're inserting their opinion into this this thing, and they're they're buzzing over here, and maybe they're offering some prayers over, over to these people over here that they think will help, but they're not actually helping at all, and they're pinging from here to there to everywhere, and they're not really accomplishing anything that needs doing. And what's worse, they're so all over the place that the rest of the Christians, they got to pick up the slack. I mean, everybody is working double time and triple time to make sure that these people over here have bread to eat and, and clothes to wear and roofs over their heads because these people are out of control. They're not helping anyone. And here's the crazy thing these people over here, they probably thought they were being helpful. They probably thought they were doing the right thing. I mean, they're probably like that father who missed his son's football game. Very busy, very involved, inserting his opinion all over the place. But the truth is that he had no discipline at all in his life. He was working himself to death. He was all over the place. These Christians, they were all over the place. And the reason why is because the world had gotten to them and put them in that situation in the first place. Here's the truth the world wants you to be all over the place. Because when you're all over the place, you buy things you don't need. And you read books and watch seminars that promise to provide you answers but only give you more problems. And it makes you place your trust in people who only want to use you for their own ends. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you, one of the worst life decisions I've ever made during the pandemic was to get on Facebook I mean I'm just being honest. Like you know I thought you know we we're, we're all sequestered in our homes like we we can't go outside, we can't see each other face to face, we can't hug each other. Surely everybody's going to get on Facebook and they're going to be connecting with each other and they're going to be encouraging each other and rooting each other on saying we're going to get through this together. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Everybody started hating each other. And I get on Facebook, I just start falling through this rabbit hole and I end up in this nightmare. And I'm just shocked by how divided everybody was on everything. And I just, I bounced around and I got all over the place and, and I bounced around from this person's political opinions to this person's, you know, th- there's conspiracy theories to, to this person over here who seemed like they were, doing, they were doing just fine during COVID and they had no problem finding toilet paper. And then... <laughs> I'm bouncing over, over here to, like to, to, to to this video telling me how I'm supposed to live my life, and I'm bouncing around to all of this stuff with the sports teams that I follow, and then I'm, I'm reading news feeds and seeing where the outbreaks are happening, and then around that time I discovered what TikTok was, but I don't really know what TikTok is, but I found it, and, and, and I got caught up in all of these lengthy YouTube explanations, and I just started going crazy, and I had no idea which, was, which way was was up and which way was down, which way was left and which way was right. And I remember my wife saying to me, Kyle, what, what's, what's happening to you? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not okay. I'm just not okay. The world wants you to not be Okay. They want you to be distracted. They want you to be unfocused. They want you to be hurried. They want you to think that there are a million things wrong in your life, and they have the only solution. They will give you peace of mind right now if you just get it today with two-day shipping. Peace, true peace that you feel in the depth of your soul. It cannot be purchased with a $10 copay. It cannot be purchased with a $20 visit to the dispensary. It cannot be purchased with a $2 lottery ticket, even if it pays off. It cannot be purchased with a million dollar house. It cannot be purchased with dollars, pesos, yen, or euro. It cannot be purchased with Bitcoin or with GameStop stock or a Starbucks gift card. There is only one payment that can purchase your peace. It can only be purchased with the blood of Christ. And so if you accept him, if you place your faith in him, if you pass through the waters of baptism, then you'll find it. You'll find peace. The second thing you need to know is this. The grace of Jesus Christ is the only way that I can truly be okay and truly find peace. I mean, late one night, During the pandemic, I'm just, I'm fully awake. It's like 2 a.m. And I'm staring at the ceiling. Because I know if I get on my phone, I'm just going to make everything worse. And something occurred to me. And it changed my soul. It was so simple. And yet, I was just so all over the place that I just couldn't see it. I couldn't hear it. I, I couldn't recognize it. It was the simple voice of Jesus saying, I love you, and you're gonna be okay. And I know you're confused, and I know you're frustrated, and I know you're depressed, and I know you're anxious, but my grace has saved you, and you are gonna be okay. And I learned something that I thought I knew, but you know, sometimes you know things in your head, but you just, It just doesn't, you just don't know it in your heart. That the grace of Jesus, yes, it allows us to find forgiveness for our sins. Yes, absolutely. But it does something else too. Something that may just be just as important. It helps us to accept our broken lives exactly as they are. It allows me to accept myself as I am right now and to not need to be all over the place and find this solution over here and that solution over there and that opinion over there and this fix over here and that book over there. All I need is Jesus. It just allows me to accept myself. And to hear the voice of God saying, yes, I do love you, and I'm with you wherever you go. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus spent a long time talking to his disciples and, and reassuring them because he was about to die on a cross, and he was about to be buried in a tomb for three days, and after that, he was going to rise from the dead, and 40 days after that, he was going to ascend into heaven, and then they, just, they weren't going to see him again. And Jesus, Jesus spends a lot of time just like reassuring them, saying it's gonna be okay, I'm coming back. I'm gonna come back from heaven after I prepare a place for you and I'm gonna leave the Holy Spirit with you and he's gonna be with you wherever you are. And he says this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. Yes, you will. They're gonna tell you all kinds of things. They're gonna do all kinds of things to make you feel like you are not good enough. They're going to make you feel like you need to just be all over the place and do this over here and work hard over there and read this book and and read that piece of information and you're going to find your solution and all of these things. And Jesus says, yes, they're going to trouble you. They're going to press you down. They're going to try and squeeze the life and the joy out of you. In this world, you will have trouble. Accept it. But in me, you will have peace. The grace of Jesus Christ is the answer to every single problem that I and you will face in your life. And anytime I'm disturbed, anytime I'm frustrated or or pulled in a thousand directions, it's because there's some part of my broken life that I refuse to accept. Some broken piece of me that I can't love. That's exactly what Jesus did. He loved us while we were still sinners. He called to us even while we ignored him. He healed us even while we were broken. No one, absolutely no one is outside of the love and the grace of God. And so until I learn to show grace to myself and accept my broken life and my broken heart exactly as it is, a broken castle, completely in ruins, completely in tatters. Until I can accept that, then I'll never find peace. Until I accept exactly who I am right now, I will never be okay. Because real peace, wholeness, and completeness in your soul is about silencing the million problems that the world tells you you need to fix. And it is allowing the grace of Jesus to sink into your broken heart and to make you whole. (laughs) The last thing that you need to know is this. Point number three. The peace of Christ is found in only one place, The presence of God. And we find that place through prayer. In South Korea, there is a prison. And it is unlike any prison that you have ever heard of. And listen, you don't have to commit a single crime to get in. All you need is to pay $90, and they will lock you inside of a 54-square-foot cell completely by yourself. And they won't give you a thing except for a yoga mat, a tea set, a pen, and a notebook. And you get to sit in solitary confinement for 24 hours by yourself alone. Now that might sound crazy to you, partially because it is. But the people in this prison want to be there They wanna be locked in solitary confinement. Why? To get away. To get away from their phones, to get away from their clocks, to get away from the continual demand of their jobs and lives. The facility is actually called the prison inside me. And man, that name is telling. Because the people who attend this prison, man, they are all over the place. And they're tired of it. They feel imprisoned by it. And so they actually imprison themselves in order to set themselves free. And in order to find just some hours of peace. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to go that far. I mean, hey, maybe some of us need a retreat. I mean, hey, maybe all of us need a retreat. That could be a good thing. But there's something so much simpler than that that each of us needs to turn to. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God in the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which rises above all thoughts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's prayer. It's prayer. And listen, it's not one prayer. I mean, let me be clear about that. I'm not saying that you pray to God once and then magically you have peace. No, it is every single day. Listen, in all my years, I have never been able to develop a six-pack of abs from doing just one crunch. (laughs) How I wish that were true. But it's not. And in the same way, you're not going to develop the kind of mind that finds peace in all things, that finds peace in all situations by praying to God once. That's not where the power of prayer is found. Because every day we come to the Lord in prayer, the grace of Jesus sinks a little bit further into our hearts. Every day we come to the Lord in prayer, we find more and more the ability to accept my brokenness. Every day in the presence of the Lord, the constant pull of the world weakens upon us. Every moment and every second of prayer helps us, as Paul says, it helps us to rise above our thoughts. It helps us stop, it helps us to just listen to the buzzing of our minds. And say, you know what? It's just noise. None of that stuff is true. It's not even me. None of that stuff has to affect me. I mean, I really don't like making statements like this. Because I always think it comes off a little bit cheesy. But I'm going to say it anyway. In our world today, prayer and meditation and time with the Lord is more important than ever. And with every new generation that comes up, we just see more and more depression, more and more anxiety, and more and more turning away from God. And the reason why is because there's just, there's just too much happening. We're distracted constantly. We are marketed to consistently. Our attention has been monetized and it is in demand. And in order to maintain any sense of sanity and and of spirituality and of wisdom, we have to learn to turn everything off. We gotta turn off our phones, turn off our work, turn off our demands and the buzzing of our minds. And we have to learn how to spend time with the Lord. Pray. And so I guess let's just do that. Let's pray. If you'd stand, let's pray together. Father, there's just, there's just so much to pay attention to. And it just feels like we're pushed and pulled in all directions. We just want a moment just to spend with you, Father. That's all we need. Just a daily come back. Every day to just come back and spend time with you. Because you're the one who tells us what we need to hear. You're the one telling us that you love us. You're the one who tells us you'll forgive us our sins. You're the one who tells us that you'll give us peace. You're the one who will help us rise above just the thoughts that just keep hitting us from all directions. That helps us to rise above the distractions that helps us to rise above all of those thoughts saying you're not good enough, you're not lovable enough, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you're not holy enough, you're not righteous enough. And Father, you say to those thoughts, be gone. You push them away with your wind of love. And you just breathe grace into our hearts. Father, please help us to accept that and please help us to receive it. Please call to us and help us to just sit down and to be quiet, to be still and to just listen. Just listen to your voice. Father, it's what we need. Please be with us. Please tell us again and again how much you love us. Please give us your grace. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Here's the last thing I'll say, last thing I'll say. If you need to make a decision right now, if if you're standing there and you're saying, man, I want that peace, that's exactly what I need in my life. I just wanna welcome you to come forward. I mean, there's people right over here to my left, to your right, who are willing to pray with you, who are willing to spend time with you, who are willing to answer your questions. All you gotta do is come forward and make a decision right now. Last thing I'll say, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with each and every one of you. You are dismissed.